0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
2: Hello and welcome to Extra Time, a web-only program from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Murray Williams. In the program this week, we'll hear from the outgoing Hurricanes skipper Andrew Hoare and from another veteran all-black hooker, the blue skipper Kevin Mialamu, as the Super Rugby Playoffs approach. New Zealand Cricket's Director of Cricket talks about the new national selection system. The coach and captain of the New Zealand women's hockey team discuss the new look Champions Trophy. And the teenage shot-put prodigy Jacko Gill looks forward to the World Youth Games in France. Rugby first though, and rumours that all hasn't been well off the field at the Hurricanes, let alone on it where they've pretty much disappointed from the first round, have been confirmed this week, with the Wellington-based franchise dumping Captain Andrew Hoare and midfielder Ma'a Nonu. The All Blacks second five Nonu didn't want to answer questions about the reasons for his sacking or say whether he's going to the Chiefs or to France. But Hoare, who's also played more than 100 games for the Hurricanes, a milestone prop near me at Tealata, reaches this weekend too, was more forthcoming. He told Barry Guy he'd have preferred to have finished on his terms as tialata Te has been able to.
3: That's probably one thing that got me a little bit, bit off guard, really. I was always pretty, I like, trying to say I'm a pretty humble guy and I was pretty keen to to finish off on, on my own terms and uh, move on when, it was, when my time was done. And I suppose that's a frustrating thing. I still personally think I've got a little bit, little bit to offer, but that uh, that might have to be somewhere else now.
2: But the man from Maniototo in central Otago says it could be worse.
3: I'm one of the lucky ones. I've got a good family back home and a, and a farm and stuff I can go back to if I uh, don't get a contract somewhere else. But main focus, the Mere's 100th game this week, which is uh, pretty special. I've probably played about 98 of those games with them, so it's, uh, it's going to be huge. And, and then finish off on a high and hopefully beat the Crusaders at home, with will be pretty good. You know, I've had a good trot, so... Instead of looking at the what ifs and stuff, I'm just going to look at the last 104 old games I've played and all the mates I've made and stuff up here and I'm pretty sure I can still get a free meal and stuff out at Poiroua with some of the boys out there as well, so it hasn't been all bad.
2: Nonu and Haw's last match will be against the Crusaders at home next week and 32-year-old horse, says despite what's happened, it won't be hard to captain the side for the rest of the season.
3: It's been in the pipeline for a while, you know. Obviously, we uh, talk about a few things and stuff and it just comes down to pride and and what you do really, and that's my job is to go out there and lead the team the best I can and, and that's what I've been trying to do for the whole season and things haven't quite gone our way and hope we can finish off on a high.
2: And Andrew Horses, he and Nonu won't let their sacking affect the way they play.
3: You can either go two ways I suppose, you can either uh, let it really affect you and, and get grumpy and pissed off I suppose like you do when you're in an age group team and you don't get, don't get picked, you always blame the coach and stuff but you, you know, the other options, look at yourself and, and go away strong and work out what you need to do. And, what rugby means to you and you carry on playing. So I think you'll you'll see on on Friday night that the team's still pretty tight and we're pretty keen to play some good rugby and get some fans back to the stadium next year.
2: That's the Hurricanes' departing skipper Andrew Hoare, and this is Extra Time. Still with rugby and the Blues captain Kevin Mialamu and his troops have an especially tough assignment this weekend, a top-of-the-table clash with the Crusaders in Timaru. The Auckland franchise has dropped its last three games and, combined with the mandatory bye, hasn't won in a month, slipping from top overall to third, just two points above the Crusaders with two rounds before the playoffs. Home Advantage in the finals goes on the line in Timaru, and Richard Wayne spoke with Mieloma before training on a foggy, cold morning for Auckland anyway, and began by asking if the weather was good preparation for conditions they could encounter in the south of Crusader country
4: it 's as close as we can get i don 't think we can get to like three degrees, but this is as cold as it gets up here and just have to be prepared for how cold it's going to be down there
1: This is sort of weather bringing you back to like midget days and you know 9 a.m. kickoffs and the, the, with the frost and that sort of thing probably down color yeah,
4: yeah and especially the fog you know I remember running out uh, foggy mornings. Frosty uh, grass and no boots as well, so it's uh, no boots, no boots, so it brings back a lot of memories. Geez, <laughs> they, they
1: wouldn't let that happen these days, would they, or is that still going on? I don't know, I don't think so, but yeah.
4: uh, I'm pretty lucky up here, it doesn't get that cold, so <laughs>
1: <laughs> you've obviously been a pro since what well, was what probably your 11th or 12th season now, 99. I think you made your debut. You, you must have seen a lot of change over over, over the years, and obviously since you're since you a kid, but is the motivation still the same for you?
4: It is, there's nothing like the feeling of uh, working hard to try and. Trying to win a championship, you know, and I, I know there's been quite fun and, and few uh, between, uh, but the uh, the drive is still there. Just the uh, and the want to play for my province and my super team here. It's amazing getting up every morning and I just realise the opportunity because not everyone gets to wake up and uh, fulfil their dreams. So it's a great opportunity that, that I've had.
1: You've, you've always loved the game, haven't you? I mean, that's always been pretty apparent from the way that you play.
4: My family's always been like that, you know. So my brothers and my cousins, we, we love it and we've always played it since we were little and. I've had some good drive from my parents when I was young as well, and it's just nice to nice to know that they're the still there and still right behind it as well.
1: Of course, it's changed a lot, isn't it? Professional era we have just seen in the last uh, 24 hours. You know, the Russians at the Hurricanes with you know your All Blacks teammates Andrew Hoare and, and Ma Nonu, you know, showing the door there. Um, it's a different environment these days, isn't it? With the Super Rugby and the individual you know franchise contracting these days now too.
4: It is. Uh, I suppose it is a bit different, and and uh, you know, I think for those boys as well. It's probably one of the hardest things that you'll ever go through as a rugby player to hear something like that. But at the same time, it opens up an opportunity for them. There's nothing nothing better than coming back stronger after you've sort of been shunned away. So. I full confidence. Those those are guys that are really tough minded and uh, and they'll come back stronger from the experience.
1: It's a pretty short term career, of course. Anyway, any professional sport really, pretty much. Maybe maybe not golf <laughs> or bowls or something, but you know, I mean, especially rugby, high impact sport. And, and and you must be quite used to sort of looking at it maybe one year or, or perhaps even just one week at a time.
4: It's so like that. And you've had friends that uh, had big injuries and, and not able to play anymore. You uh, realize how blessed you are to be able to stay out there for this long. But you can't play with that fear at the back of your mind. You, you go out there and, and you give it everything you got. And you always know when you when you give it everything you got, you, you're less likely of getting injured. It's sort of when you go and, you know, you always tend to, when you go in half-hearted or uh, just put a bit of doubt in your head when the injuries sort of come along. So you've got to fully trust in your ability and just give it everything because I think that's always the, always the best way.
1: Let's talk about the Crusaders. A massive game this week obviously uh, you guys I think it'll be five weeks that you haven't won since you, when you run out in the, in the paddock on the weekend. How, how have you been preparing for this game? Is it, is it like finals time now?
4: It is for us. I think it's about having everyone on deck. It's going to be a, a 22 man effort and uh, we can't just rely on individuals to do that. You know what? I, I think when we play when we're at our best is when everyone's contributing well and we need to make sure we go down there and, and everyone put their
2: hands in and let's let's get the job done. That's Kevin Mialamu talking to Richard Wayne. Mialamu says he's going to wait and see about his next professional contract. The 31-year-old re-signed for another two years with the All Blacks in April and says he wants to still be playing at the same level if he's to continue after that. Cricket now, and there's to be a two-member selection panel for national teams. For the Black Caps, that's meant dropping incumbents, Glenn Turner and Lance Cairns. Instead, coach John Wright and a yet-to-be-appointed national selection manager will be responsible for selecting the side. The former Black Caps coach, Mark Greatbatch, will fill the manager's role for now. The selection manager will also work with the other national coaches and New Zealand Cricket's Director of Cricket, John Buchanan, says the new structure means Wright will have responsibility for final team selection. Buchanan told me that will allow for greater accountability when it comes to performance.
5: Where this is coming from is my experiences with uh, coaching roles internationally and and domestically, and I've certainly felt for a long time that the coach should have a much more elevated role in terms of running the side, um, because they are basically made reasonably accountable for, for most things. Um, but uh, don't necessarily have all the responsibilities that go with that, and, and one of those is selection. So, I'm very keen to have the, the head coach have the final selection. But this position that's been created, the national selection manager, the two will operate together in terms of forming squads. And, and I should emphasise that while we're talking black claps at, at the moment, it'll be the same system uh, throughout. So that, um, in other words, a national selection manager for representative teams will work with the head coach of respective squads to, to pick those and then ultimately it'll be the, the coach who makes that final decision but going back to the Black Caps yeah look uh, it's, it's a really good opportunity I think to, to get this structure in place for John Wright who's the incumbent uh, Black Caps coach and I'm sure he's and yeah, looking very much forward to, to operating in, in this system
2: How do you see this uh, new panel process uh, improving performances on the field? Is that a long a term goal?
5: Yes, um, I mean it's it, it's a new system, so it'll probably, like everything, take a little bit of time to bed down and it'll have a few little uh, cracks in it, but you know, we'll make sure that it works properly and effectively and, and most importantly, best for, uh, for all the teams that, that, and squads that it's dealing with. But, um, you look, I, uh, I guess one of the key uh, tenants to it is that, um, it, it's going to rely very much upon, uh, MA. Uh, head coaches and uh, their network coaches and, and other coaching uh, and support networks. I mean, it's it's very much trying to integrate New Zealand cricket so that everybody has a, a better appreciation of of what's required to reach the, the ultimate uh, selection, which is national team selection, and hopefully therefore better and more precise feedback all the way through so that um the the communication system, and and that's what is going to be critical to the job. And the the type of person we're looking for the job is it's the system that they develop around this whole selection
2: process. There's been several changes to the uh, selection panel makeup and format over the last couple of years. So what would you say to sceptics who see it as just a bit more tinkering?
5: Oh, look, I think we'll always have uh, people will have that view and I'm not really too interested in in that view. What I am interested in doing is actually getting a system that's going to work well for New Zealand cricket now and into the future and and creating something that at the moment doesn't operate anywhere else in cricket around the world, but uh, obviously operates in a number of other sports around the world. I think it's it's been too long coming that um, maybe a traditional selection system has been in vogue uh, for cricket, which I think has has had um, obviously success in the past, but I don't think it's necessarily uh, the right system going forward. So, um, uh, as I say, there will always be sceptics. and My job is is to make sure that those sceptics are, are silenced by a system that uh, works very well, not only short-term, but in the long-term.
2: Do you think perhaps there might have been too many voices in the past uh, putting up their opinions and, and maybe uh, muddling the process or muddying the process?
5: Oh, look... Um, in a sense, I'm not too concerned about the past, but in terms of the the, the, the mudding, if you like, I mean, I, again, my experience tells me that there are, have been too many people involved with national teams or with uh, teams that that take on the the colours of, of your country. And uh, what I'm trying to do here is actually reduce that amount of noise, amount of clutter around the team. So in the end, it'll be uh, a national selection manager with a head coach who operate together to, to pick squads. And then it's over to the the head coach who makes the final decision. So um, that should, in most cases, reduce a lot of the noise and a lot of the uh, confusion that sometimes exists around the squads, not only within the squads but around the squads. Those who who may not necessarily be picked at one particular time. Hopefully, we'll have a clearer picture of of what it takes to be challenging at the. Doorstep and and then what they can do to uh, keep that challenge going and um, whether it be in test cricket or one day cricket or Twenty Over cricket whatever the format
2: might be. You mentioned this is a new concept for cricket but not other sports. What other sports have you got in mind and or did you have in mind and uh, what sort of person would you see fulfilling the role?
5: Well, in the general sense, I think it applies in most uh, short duration sports. I mean, I, I'm. I'm in a sense, likening uh, New Zealand cricket to a, a baseball franchise where uh, at a baseball franchise we've got you know rookie leagues and A leagues and double A AA and triple A and then up into your major leagues. So, in a sense, baseball, uh, New Zealand cricket, reminds me of that a parallel sense of a baseball franchise where it's got its school, school leagues, if you like, junior cricket leagues, and then it moves into club and district and then up into the triple A, which would equate to first class cricket and then up into the major leagues which is obviously um, your national teams black caps and, and white Ferns. so along that journey it, it is about integrating the people uh, who understand what's required and, and what is being looked for over a period of time into that final step the national team the person then to do that to to take on it's a large job but but Obviously, we'll have a, a good cricket sense. Ideally, would be a, a New Zealander because they, they know the sport here, they know their networks, they know the people and they know the, the areas. But um, the, the, the primary skills above that will be organisation, management, administration and systems and then putting in the technology around that to make it all work.
2: How much of a change is that likely to have on the selection line up in the black caps anyway?
5: Not sure. We'll have to wait and see because, you know, in the end it'll be up to to John Wright and and this national selection manager to pick their contract list for um, 2012. Although, having said that, more than likely the uh, the national selection manager position won't be in place till August. So, we do need, by way of the master agreement, to make sure that we do have our contract list done before then. So. Um, uh, probably John Wright, myself, and Mark Greatbatch, who is, is going to act in that role uh, for the time being, will be the people who will put together the 2011-12 selection list. But um, into the future, it'll be uh, the national selection manager and the and the head coach who who uh, put together their squads and their lists. So um, I guess we for all that, the short answer is we wait and see what, what comes out of those uh, selection meetings.
2: So there'll be a diminished role for whoever's the, uh, the captain in future then?
5: Well, look. The key, again, in any any squad in any team is that the coach and the captain work very closely together. But in terms of picking initial squads, uh, initial contract lists, I don't necessarily see the captain having a great role to play there. But once that squad is picked for either a tour or um, a a home domestic um, series, then um, the coach will have the final say. But obviously he's talking and working very closely with his captain.
2: That's New Zealand Cricket's new Director of Cricket, John Buchanan, and this is Extra Time, a web-only programme from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Murray Williams. Hockey now and the New Zealand women have just arrived in Europe to take on the world's top teams at a new-look Champions Trophy, where the Black Six will do well to reach the knockout phase. For the first time, there are eight teams at the annual tournament and New Zealand's in the toughest pool, with Australia, Germany and the hosts, the Netherlands. Captain Kayla Scharland isn't bothered, though.
0: Top six top eight teams, it's always tough. And I think actually I'm quite looking forward to the pool that we're in. Um, we can definitely beat Australia. Just been playing over there recently and I think it's going to be tough, but I think we've got a good chance against them. And then obviously Germany as well. We haven't beaten them yet, but we're getting closer to them and it's good to have two practice games before we get into it.
2: Mm. Who are the practice games and whereabouts are they?
0: Um, we have two tests against Germany, um, which are in Berlin. And then I think we've got, we play China back in Den Haag. Then we've got, we play Holland and Korea um, prior to tournament.
2: So that's that's a good series of warm-up matches then, isn't
0: it? Yeah, definitely. We've got a good build-up. I think seven games together. I mean, we haven't been together for a while, so um, getting together and playing those games is going to be quite beneficial.
2: Yeah, You've had the uh, the build-up series, um, South Korea, Japan and Argentina. You had that uh, big loss against Argentina, then turned around and beat them, even though both squads weren't at full strength. Presumably that's given you guys uh, a bit more... Uh, belief in your ability to go over there and pull off an upset
0: yeah definitely I think probably taught us a lesson as well that we need to be more consistent we drew the first one lost quite heavily in the second and then obviously came back to win but definitely getting that win over over the RGs um, is definitely a confidence booster and and we know we can match it with them and it's just been consistent right throughout
2: and you've got the Netherlands there they'll be presumably a big home ground it's a big sport there some of you guys have had experience playing there and you've still got people over there playing how important is that
0: yeah, it's going to be tough. I mean, obviously they're, they're a very strong side and um, they've got a lot of depth over there and, and home crowd support. I mean, it's going to be massive. Um, I think most of these girls have experience playing over in Holland. Some might not have, but um, the crowds is going to be uh, pretty impressive.
2: And what do you make of the squad? There's uh, no Beth aid and goal but other than that it's pretty, a lot of familiar faces, a lot of experience even though you're all pretty young.
0: Yeah definitely, I mean it's a young side but I think in terms of experience we're getting up there now. I think we've got five or six girls getting their 50th caps while we're away so in, that, in terms of that it's, it's really good to see and, and most of these girls have played these teams now so it's not new to them. Um, so yeah it's a good challenge. You're
2: not going to be overawed by being in the of the pool of death, I guess. No South Korea on your side of the
0: draw. <laughs> Once you get to the it's all going to be tough. I think teams are definitely preparing for London now, and, and this is probably the start of, um, to gauge where we're at, and then same for those teams building forward.
2: It's Kayla Sharland, as well as two tests against Germany and Berlin. The Blacksticks have warm-up matches in the Netherlands against the hosts, South Korea and China, before the tournament starts on June the 25th, when coach Mark Hager says the change from six to eight teams will make things harder.
6: Because it goes to two pools of four, and because of the rankings, we ended up with uh, Holland, Germany, and Australia in our pool. So uh, on one side of it, it's it's a good challenge for us. And, and look, both pools are fairly tough. It's just now you have to win two out of the three games to, to get to the semi-finals.
2: So that's the pool of death, really. As far as you guys are concerned, then, isn't it?
6: Yeah, and and but it gives us a real benchmark on where we're at twelve months out from the Olympics. So um, you know if we can perform well, and and I and I would think it's time this team stepped up. I think we've done our learning, and and people are up around 50 internationals now, so they should be able to step up and and play well.
2: What are those tournaments that you had earlier this year? What did they tell you? I mean, Argentina, for example, they gave you a a good toweling, and you turned around and beat them, so presumably that's given you some sort of boost in confidence.
6: Yeah, and look, when we normally tend to lose uh, against those sort of teams, it's because our penalty corner defence is not up to scratch, and I think we conceded four goals in that game on corner defence, so... Neither team was at, at full strength, so uh, from that point of view it gave us a, a chance to really give other people an opportunity and you know, to bounce back and, and we didn't have a lot of our midfield um, engine room in that game, so from that, that point of view it was quite pleasing.
2: Tell me about the squad, it's, it's, it looks young but there's a lot of experience there apart from uh, perhaps a little bit short on goal with Beth gone.
6: Yeah, yeah, look it's obviously disappointing losing Beth but uh, for Bianca Russell and Sally Rutherford it's a really good opportunity and uh, it's probably good timing for them. They're still we've, we've still got our thirty odd internationals for them to improve and 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 stake a claim for the Olympic spot. So um, from that point of view, I think it, it's it's sort of exciting for them as well. And, and and I'm sure that they're they're ready to grasp it with both hands and, and play well.
2: Now you start with what Germany, then Australia, then a rest day, and then the Netherlands. Yes. So um, it, when you that would be a bit of a nightmare, really, wouldn't
6: it? Well, I, I actually don't think it's a bad draw. First up to have Germany and Aussie. Uh, I think it's good, and then we. We'll get the atmosphere of the Holland games, and you know we're expecting between eight to ten thousand people for our game against Holland, and I think that'll be another great experience for the girls. Particularly when you look at the World Cup, we're in the non-Argentinian pool for the World Cup, and all the crowds were at the Argentinian games. So um, this time we're going to experience some very, very good crowds. And so from that point of view, I think it'll be fantastic.
2: Some of the girls have had experience playing in the Netherlands, do not they? Or yeah, we've yeah.
6: had uh, four that are still over there. Um, and we'll meet us when we get to uh, Germany and Kayla Schalen and, and Gemma Flynn have also and Katie Glynn's played over there. So we've had quite a few girls who've had the experience and exposure. So they'll have a, a lot of club friends coming out, hopefully, to
2: support us as well. And what have you been talking about in terms of... You mentioned defence earlier. and What have you been talking about in terms of making a stronger showing this time? Well, our defence has to be a lot tighter. Uh, and I
6: think that's something we've worked on and improved on. And when I look at the games we've already played this year, apart from the one blowout against Argentina, we've, we've been able to keep teams... Uh, either scoreless or down to one or two goals So, and that's something that we need to continue to do um, but also on the positive side we need to maintain our attacking flair as well because if, if we can't score goals then we're going to struggle
2: to win games And is the, the London Olympics coming up? Did you see this squad as forming the bulk of who you'll be taking there next year?
6: Yeah, well, I would think that you know a high percentage of these girls would hopefully be there We're, we're naming a new National Olympic squad in, uh, in August post the National Hockey League so and we're putting 25 athletes in there. So hopefully uh, for the girls, you know, a bulk of this squad with the experience that they had and the exposure they've had at these major tournaments will, will be in the Olympic group.
2: That's the Blacksticks coach Mark Hager and this is Extra Time. To track and field now on the Olympic and world shotput champion Valerie Adams has begun her 2011 European campaign by beating her Belarusian rival at the Bislett Games in Oslo. Adams threw 20.26 metres to beat Nadzeya Ostapchuk, who defeated her seven times last year at big events, but could throw only 19.92 metres at the Diamond League meeting in Norway. It's Adams' second win in a row over Ostapchuk. She also won at the Continental Cup in Croatia last year. And there could be more success in store for another New Zealand shotport star in France next month. 16 year old Jacko Gill who already held most world age group records took another big step at the secondary school championships in Hastings when he put the 6 kilogram shot out to 23.86 metres breaking the previous world under 18 mark by a remarkable 68 centimetres. Gill who's relatively lightly built compared with the stereotypically bulky thrower told me the New Zealand team for the World Youth Games in Lille next month is probably the strongest yet.
7: We have about four medal prospects. We've got two in the pole vault, and we got uh discus thrower that's, uh, I think, ranked second in the world for under-18s at the moment. And um, hopefully I can get a medal too, or at least, at least gold, so yeah.
2: So who are the pole vaulters in and, and the discus throw?
7: Nick Southgate, and Pascal Kevers, and Dina, I don't know the last name, but yeah. So we've got a really strong team, and
2: yeah, it should be really good. And how's your training been going? Uh, you, you've had a, a pretty remarkable build-up, and you've uh, yeah. you set that new record. And, and what's been happening since then?
7: It's been pretty good. I got an injury on my middle finger, so it's been pretty difficult through there. So I just had to work around what I can do in the weights room and stuff. So pretty much been lifting a lot more instead of throwing because it hurts a lot when I throw. So just been really concentrating on weights and. Um, yeah, I've put on a lot of strength and weight, which has been really good for when I go to Europe. I don't have to worry about so much on the weight side. I can concentrate on technique. So, yeah, it's been really good to build up. And um, I think uh, I think that it's going to be really good good um, time over in Europe. And I should get a few good PBs instead of hopefully a few more world records and stuff.
2: You mentioned uh, weights. Has that bulked you up? Because I remember when you yeah. uh, when you first uh, hit, hit <laughs> the headlines, Terry Lomax, I think it was, saying that when he saw you up against the guys from Europe, yeah. you looked like a uh, relatively slim compared to some of those big fellows.
7: Yeah, there's, I'm still small, I, I suppose, compared to them. Um, there's a guy at second at the moment in the under 18s and he's um, South African. He's massive. I mean he's I think probably six foot five and you know 120. So still. I'm tiny compared to the other competitors, but for for me, I've been put on, you know, I've nowhere I have to work on, and that's definitely an era, area where I can improve, so yeah, have been working a lot on there. And um, yeah, I think it's been good, and um, I mean, I'm catching them up, so I have a lot of stuff to improve on as well with my um, strength levels compared to the other competitors, so I should be really good.
2: You're still only 17 though, aren't you? Ah, uh, 16. 16. old A lot of growing to do, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, so. Your mother must shudder when she goes to the supermarket. <laughs> yeah, there's a big, big bull there. Yeah, I can imagine. It's bad enough when you've got a netballer for a daughter. Yeah. <laughs> who, do you, who do you see as your main competitors?
7: Probably an American. Uh, he's, he's quite old. He's um, 19 at the moment, and he's, 60 centimetres behind me at the moment, but he's well. The Americans look at him as next big thrower, so it's um, good to be ahead of him at the moment. He's probably my biggest biggest worry at the moment, but it's quite good to know that you're ahead of him. He's uh, over three years older, so it's um, pretty much. I'm just concentrating on world records and uh, definitely London Olympics, and hopefully I can do really well there. And pretty much not worrying about other people, just more worrying on on yourself and what you can control.
2: How important has Didier Pape been in uh, your helping you with your technique? Because obviously you, you can't just rely on sheer bulk. It's obviously uh, yeah. your, your technique and your speed as well.
7: Yeah, definitely, he's been great. My technique is, for for my age, it's pretty good. So that that's um, all his work. And then when I went to him when I was thirteen, I was not, I wasn't a, a good thrower. I mean, I was throwing fast still, but I mean, my technique was very bad so he's fixed a lot of problems and i mean it was taking a good three years to fix so um yeah he's been really good and i mean with um, me working in the weights room, i've been able to get speed and strength but then it's a whole nother level trying to kind of um, put them together and into your throw and he's been able to do that which has been really good
2: that's Jack O'Gill, for the record, he's 190 centimetres tall, or about 6 foot 3, and weighs around 100 kilograms, or nearly 16 stone. And that's the show for this week. Feedback's welcome via sport at radionz.co.nz. You can get the latest sports news any time on our website, while we'll be back with the next web-only Extra Time show next week. I'm Murray Williams. Bye for now.
1: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince.